people welcome to the project kayfabe well the project kayfabe it's project kayfabe a wrestling and pop culture podcast as always i am your host joe i got my boy quade here how you doing quade doing good man glad to finally be back on uh i'm back on project kayfabe it's been some time back on the airwaves yeah i mean honestly like part of the reason why that we took a break was not only because i've just been busy with work and i want to like you know give more time to it and just like organize my life better but i was just uh getting tired of professional wrestling to be honest at least like weekly watching it having an opinion on it figuring out what to do it was getting pretty annoying but also like i wasn't happy enough with the podcast yet like i knew like it was doing really well it's been doing pretty well as i mentioned in the last episode we've had over like three thousand plays almost three thousand five hundred around that area or three thousand two hundred one of those we're like intercontinental like international essentially with all of the places we're at but i was like I feel, I feel like i just wasn't in it enough you know so like if i wasn't caring too much about it then the product wouldn't be that great any- anyway um it's like you know like if you want to make sure you're doing a good job you got to do a good job uh so here we are again i'm calling this i don't know if you saw and anyone that listened to the last episode will know this is version two so this is technically going to be episode two now you know it's no new season no it's just a different version we're going to try and spice things up a bit we're going to try and do a little bit more interviews i'm thinking of people we can interview that would be cool on top of that, just, like, finding different segments that we could do. Because one of my biggest things is, like, another reason why I wanted to take a pause on the podcast is I just want to become more original, you know? Like, ever since joining this podcast scene and, you know, just the podcast landscape, there's, like, a bajillion amount of wrestling podcasts out there. All these little no-names like us or, you know, semi-big names or semi-popular podcasts. I'm like, this is a very oversaturated network at least on the wrestling side of things so i'm like all right you got to figure out ways to you know become more creative become more like individual you know we can't simply just do like show reviews every fucking day because like that's everyone else is doing that so unless we're just adding something different on top of that just a personality so i want to make sure we're doing a product that's like has something people would want to be interested in or doing something that like I would listen to it, just not listen to it just because like, it's my stuff. Like I want to have a reason, you know? So that's what I want to do here. Just be more original. Kind of like what I tell you to do. If you're like your YouTube and tech reviews and shit like that, not only to just like be consistent, but just be original. And it's sometimes really hard. It requires a lot of thought and effort, but. Yeah, man, that's that's why I took a long extended break from YouTube too. Like, I think at the same time we took a break from this. I may have posted maybe like three times on YouTube, but <laughs> it's all about being finding ways to just be different, and not trying to follow the pack. And it's hard, but you know, once you get your groove going, it becomes easier. Consistency. Yeah, yeah exactly. Consistency and just finding your own thing. Like for the first time in forever, I finally posted on TikTok from the Project Kayfabe um, account. And I don't know if you saw it. We, uh, I had three clips on there and all from Fast and Furious because I did a Fast and the Furious marathon leading up to Fast 9 that I saw today. Fire movie. Definitely recommend it. John Cena was my favorite part of the fucking movie. But um, 
just like I posted some clips and I got one clip went viral. I got like 10.7 view, 10 point, uh, 10.7 K views. So a whole 10,000 plus views on one and a bunch of likes and shit, 4,000 on the other, 9,000 on the other. So I'm like, that was pretty good. So I'm like, all right, maybe like we'll start posting clips and just stuff. So like I'm thinking of posting like some clips on TikTok of just wrestling shit or like some other crap. I don't know. Just finding more ways to get out there. Um, so that would be cool. Looking forward to doing more of that. Um, but here we are. We're doing the Project Cafe podcast, bringing this back again. Um, we still got our soundboards and shit. Like, we still got this. Look at the size of that ass! <laughs> like, we got all the good <laughs> stuff. I'll figure out more ways to introduce the uh, soundboard here and there. But, you know, it's like we've kind of mentioned already, like, wrestling is our thing. That's like half of the podcast itself you know we got mondays is our new day for wrestling episodes if you're listening to it on a monday that's a new episode for you and fridays is the pop culture one uh so before we talk so uh on this episode you're gonna hear quite and i we're gonna talk about uh right now we're about to talk about just the state of professional wrestling and how we feel about it and just what we're watching and stuff like that just like overall our impressions and whatnot and then uh, we're going to talk about, uh, what else? GCW. We went to our first GCW event live in Atlantic City. We went to Zombie Walk, and that was fucking sick. So we're going to talk about that on this episode. And uh, besides that, I mean, let's just get right into this episode. Let me cue that wrestling intro music. <laughs> Holy shit, everything is so loud for me on my end. Oh, fuck. Uh, one of the things I actually plan on doing at some point is actually like changing up uh, the music. I want to do that. I'm thinking of finding a, um, on someone to like, you know, give us, get up some music or something, but uh, that will be something in the future. But besides that, wrestling. We're a wrestling podcast. We do wrestling. We talk about wrestling. We watch wrestling. But how do you feel about wrestling right now, Quade? Like, Overall, you know, or do you get very excited to turn on some wrestling or, you know, what are you watching right now? And then, like, you know, I'll, I'll, we could go back and forth about this and our just feelings of professional wrestling at the moment. Funny, funny enough, like, when we first, when you first started to, like, you know, take a break from the podcast, I was, it was right after Mania time. And Mania was, Mania was, Mania was, 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 uh, was decent. Looking back at it, it was decent, wasn't it? call it the greatest show ever and like that it was okay did what we had to do um and then it was it was kind of a slow slow period and then and it wasn't even just WWE. WWE was like fine but aw hit like a really really big brick wall <laughs> like right after double nine those friday shows were, was, was straight up garbage not worth watching um i'm sorry to say it. and uh, the rest of it just became like honestly for me it became really stale like raw is is quite honestly the worst TV you can watch <laughs> in your life if you really like had to watch something. Don't roll it the worst thing you could possibly watch. NXT is okay. NXT is going actually a little bit better. Um, and I still watch weekly. I haven't stopped watching weekly. Uh, I'll, I'll say that for sure. Um, <laughs> but it's like certain shows is just really bad. Like Raw is bad. AW has been almost to me personally unwatchable <laughs> in some in some capacity. Um, SmackDown. As always, is still good. I will always enjoy watching SmackDown. NXT is something that I watch, but I don't really want to watch it. Sometimes I, I, it's enjoyable to a certain extent. 
Um, and I think it's just a lot of just so much content out there, and it's just repetitive content. And that's why I've been watching a lot more GCW. Uh, we should talk about that experience later. But I, I've been watching the other shows too. I've been watching. I watched that show. I think it was like two weeks ago. I don't remember what it was though. It was the the one in, in Wyoming, which is so random. But it was a really good show, um, and I, that was pretty dope to watch. And then I watched. Uh, I, I don't even watch that much wrestling. I watched like UFC. <laughs> I watch UFC UFC more often these days too. And I watched like the freaking YouTubers and TikTok boxing was better than anything Raw put up for the last like year. <laughs> it's honestly, sad because. I didn't expect to enjoy that as much as I did. I watched it over Impact. Impact had the same peer view that day. It was Kenny versus Moose. And it was, I'd rather watch fake YouTubers box than watch Impact. <laughs> it's like, it was like, I don't know. But yeah, I, it's just a bunch of like staleness. Um, and ironically enough, I think we're at a moment right now where it's going to get better. And that's only, and that's because fans are going to come back. And I think, no fans were just becoming stagnant and everything was just like not hidden. Yeah, I could feel that. The fact that fans are coming back, I'm really excited because this just means like, I hope that means like a company like WWE is actually going to try, you know, or at least put, cause like, for example, Hell in a Cell happened. I watch Hell in a Cell and it just felt like they were just trying to push out something to try to like you know be like all right we're at the we're at the end you know where they kept saying like this is our last pay-per-view in the thunderdome and it just felt like that they were just trying to like get it done and just get rid of it so then they could finally like get into fans and stuff like that so it just felt like they were doing something to do something you know and that's kind of how i felt like for a little bit and it's just like you're like for me i haven't watched really wrestling weekly in a while like i watched raw for the first time in a month on uh monday after hell in the cell because i was like i was just getting burned out by watching raw or at least and like what i say was i watching it like every monday for the, like beforehand like probably but at least at the very very least it was just on in my background and like i do something else and watch it on the side but even then i don't even want to give them my like attention i don't <laughs> want them to like get my view you know i'll say like this cm punk tweet that he had earlier in the month of june really like stood out to me and i agreed so fucking much to it he said, because someone was uh, asking about people being bummed out about WWE in recent years and blah, 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 and saying they have, like, such a great great talent, blah, 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 blah. And then Punk tweeted back, and he's like, it's like a movie with a blockbuster budget and cast, but if it's written by a creatively banked rock nincompoop specifically for an audience <laughs> of one in a language nobody understands anymore, it's trash. But people watch it because they like movies. And that's what I'm – and I agree so much with that tweet. He, CM Punk, you know, a lot of people like to complain about Punk nowadays, saying he's just bitter, blah, 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 you know. But, like, I give it to him because week in and week out, you know, I'm going to call you guilty of it, and I'm guilty of it too. We complain about the WWE or we complain about some type of wrestling, but we continue to watch it, you know, quote unquote like religiously in a way you know we can we stay up to date and we watch it and all this crap but then again like you know the biggest way is like stop watching it and you know maybe they'll actually do something like raw i think a week or two ago like got one of the worst ratings they've had in forever in terms of like viewership so uh, you know what I'm, I'm happy about it like not watching raw has been really refreshing because like 
I put on Raw for the first time in, in a month. And I'm just seeing, like, shitty Alexa Bliss shit where she's, like, <laughs> controlling, oh, like, Nia Jax or Shayna Baszler or Reginald. And that's all – that's that's awful. All of that was awful. And then, like, I know this was uh, her own doing, but I also hated it anyway. Like, Nikki Cross becoming a superhero and shit like that. Apparently that was, like, her own thing. Like, even that, I'm like, why <laughs> am I watching this? And on top of that, just, like, I don't know. Every other fucking, like, you know, Deadlock was saying this. Um, I don't watch a lot of the wrestling, but I've been watching, listening at least to their podcast when I'm a bit, when I'm bored on the train. And they were like, you know, like, you know, Hell in a Cell, like, they were saying, like, all these matches are probably just going to happen again on the Raw or the SmackDown afterwards, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's so true. Like, all of the WWE matches are just rematches over and over again. I get very, like, it's just so annoying and predictable at this point. Like, this feud of Seth Rollins and Cesaro has been going on for so fucking long in my head, it feels like, you know? And, like, I like it, but I'd rather Cesaro do other things. I'd rather, you know, Seth do something else. The same thing with, like, the wrestling, like, their women's division. I don't know any other women that could go against, like, you know, um, Charlotte. I mean, not Charlotte, but you would think Charlotte, but she's in the title picture. Um, What's her face? Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair. Like, who else is there besides, like, going back and forth to the same old shit that they have? What else? They brought back uh, Eva Mendez for – not Eva Mendez, wrong person. Um, who, Eva Marie. Who, <laughs> Eva Marie. Same name, basically. They brought her. Why the fuck did they bring Eva Marie? Eva Marie was never <laughs> really good to begin with in terms of wrestling style, and she's a very pretty woman. She's done success. She's been successful out of the WWE, but, like, why just such a waste of time i'm just like at this point you know i agree with cm punk in the sense of like if you're going to complain about it and you keep watching it you're not any better yourself so like for me i'm just not going to really watch it that much until like i feel like it's worth it you know like i'll watch the pay-per-views at the very very least like i'm gonna still religiously watch the pay-per-views and i at least i keep up to date with like everything on social media and twitter and all that but at the end of the day like a Monday night is shitty for me to watch wrestling because it's just not enjoyable. Still three hours of wrestling that I don't give a shit about. And then Friday Night SmackDown, I, I, I do like it. There's some great shit on there, especially with everything that Roman's doing. It also just sucks that it's a Friday because it's so fucking hard to do. And like now that everything's opening up more, New York is officially open for business. So like there's fun things to do again. Like, it's hard for me to be like, all right, I'm going to sit down and watch Friday Night SmackDown. If they did it on Thursday, I'd probably watch it, to be honest. Same thing with, like, AEW. They've been screwed lately because of, like, playoff basketball. So then they've been on a Friday and they've been on a Saturday. And because they're on days that I'm just so fucking busy, I'm not going to watch it. And I'll just maybe, like, like for example, I know Jungle Boy and Kenny Omega had apparently a really great match. So I'm going to watch at least that match at some point. And at the same time, too, AEW has been bothering me, too, because I'm like, I don't mind what's going on with Kenny Omega. And I'm starting to like the Young Bucks in this new groove that they have. The Good Brothers are annoying. It's not really doing much for me there. (laughs) But, like, every time I watch AEW, I'm like, how many many Tam tag team matches am I going to have to watch in one fucking sitting? I am so tired of these tag team matches that are, you know, not normal tag team matches, five-way, four-way, like, so many tag team matches going on, I can't do it anymore. (laughs) Like, 
it's just so much and i and it's probably just because they have the one show so that's happening but then they're going to have aw rampage which also i believe will become a friday night at 10 o'clock thing i think that's dumb because they're not gonna like if they're thinking oh yeah friday night you know we're gonna get the people out of smackdown it wasn't really working the best for you during nxt time i mean it was you weren't making groundbreaking numbers but you were still doing better in them but like i don't know i wouldn't really want to jump from smackdown which is a really great show that i'm watching like aew's b show it's just i don't know i would i definitely think wrestling like i appreciate that monday night raw is on a monday because that is just a random ass fucking day in the week and people hate it so at least there's something to look forward to but wrestling on fridays is awful i will give it though saturday pay-per-views I like Saturday pay-per-views. I'll do that because, like, you know, I could do shit throughout the day and then Saturday night if I'm not busy. It's a great time to watch pay-per-view. Sunday nights get annoying, especially because, like, Hell in a Cell, that was at 8 o'clock out of nowhere. I'm like, what? I got so comfortable to the 7 o'clock time slots that they were doing, and then next thing you know, they're at 8 o'clock again. I don't know. This wrestling, at least main wrestling, has been just not what it could be. Yeah, like... It's just because all American, like every every single American product of wrestling, big 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 product of wrestling is really just like I don't know. It just it's just not. It's not interesting right now. Like I'm, I watch. Uh, it was a big event in Japan. I think it was called Cyberfest with like DDT, some of the smaller t- like Joshi wrestling stuff like that. I was just I just put it on randomly. I don't even know why why I put it on, but. Um, I put it on, start watching it, and it was really, it was, it was so entertaining to see wrestling that's not WWE or AEW, and just to see people do things that's actually entertaining, actually fun. That's why I'm ground turning towards like GCW now because it's different. You know, I wasn't a big deathmatch wrestling fan or even that vicinity, but now it's like something I look forward to the events now. Now, like, I will gladly support them with a $15 pay per views versus you know, paying $60 for. AW and then be disappointed by probably like eighty percent of it because they, they don't know how to book a card ever pay view card for their life honestly and I I have a lot of, this might sound like a ramble AW but I have a lot of issues with Tony Tony Khan uh, right really? now this guy like what I, I just don't I don't I don't something about this guy that I just what about don't Tony Khan like. compared to Vince McMahon at right now this is horrible and, <laughs> but so like, what what is Tony Khan doing huh I want to see I won't take this Tony, Tony Khan slander right now what is what Tony, is this? Tony, Tony Khan feels like at least what I'm getting this guy thinks he's like this creative mastermind changing the wrestling world for the better they the thing and it's not just him this is a AW like okay this this is the main thing this was um. Shoot, so when the rumors came out, WWE was uh, was supposedly in talks with New Japan for wrestling. Did you see his promo that he put out talking about that? I respect it. I respect that. I hated that. that. I, hated I respected so that. And New Japan gave him, definitely gave him permission to do that. I respect it because <laughs> honestly, like, he's doing his shit and WWE should pick up from it. Like, they should, should because... I will say, like, you know, open the door, quote-unquote. The the guy who opened the door, I mean, kind of, kind of not, because not much has really come from this, but some cool shit has come from it. But I will give it, I will give Tony Khan this. At least he's trying, you know. WWE hasn't felt like they've tried in such a long time. Like, for example, AEW, I didn't watch it, but I heard, like, it was interesting at the very least, had, um, 
a UFC fight, basically, an <laughs> MMA match yeah, against Wardlow and yeah. Jack Hay and Jake Hager. Uh, Mind you, I heard some of it was kind of dumb because like Wardlow <laughs> or like Jake Hager were selling moves, but I'm like, Deadlock said it their best. Like Ward, uh, Jake Hager is an actual fighter. You know why is he selling moves? That's not what you do in this sport. But like you know, it's still like a mix of wrestling and shit like that. But hey, at least they fucking tried something like that. When was the last time WWE did something like that? You know, I mean, they, I they had the Raw on the ground. Uh, that was the worst thing ever. <laughs> like, and the and they just did it so cartoony. Oh my god! And that was like right around the time when like USA was saying, "Oh, we need a more adult product." So then they pulled that shit out of their head. And, and their ass, and then they just got rid of it. And this is another thing Deadlock mentioned. I'm like, yo, this is so true. They should retire Hell in the Cell. Hell in the Cell was so fucking boring in terms of, like, any of the matches that were going on in there. Like, yeah. I think the best match that they had in that chamber, I mean, the Cell, was Rey Mysterio and Roman Reigns, and they put that shit on a Friday Night SmackDown. <laughs> but then again, I even like Bobby versus Drew, but the problem with that match for me is, like, the ending was so shitty. I don't know why the fuck they did that. And you yeah. probably saw the thing going around how Drew fucking hit a fucking. He's here hitting a landing uh, pad, I... and they're putting fake table pieces underneath. While the entire time Drew got his ass beat in the fucking chamber, I'm pretty sure this man could have took a table bump. I don't know what the hell was going yeah, on with that. I have so much problem with Drew. Drew is another big issue why I don't like Raw. And it's because, oh, like, you're such this a, man... You're, listen, as, listen. As listen, people look. say, you're fucking fickle because people are complaining about Drew. I am like, yes, about Drew. He's, he's been in the title picture for so long. They do need a mix of, like, other people and he could take a break. But everyone wanted Drew to be in the main event. And now yeah, that he's there, you're going to complain? We have, we have short memory. We have short One, memory. Though, a year from now, more. you're going to be complaining that Bobby Lashley's still in the fucking in the title he's, picture. He's black, so I'm give our advice. No, no, you're not. You can't be. You can't do that. That's bullshit. You can't pick a a side because you're also black. Fuck that. I'm a person of color, and you know what? I'm not going to – you know what? We wanted them there, and now they're there. This is what happens when you want something, and then you get – and you realize, whoa, you know, they they say be careful what you wish for. Hey, hey, look. Fans are fickle. And I'm going to complain as a fan, but I'm going to say that. We don't get opportunities so often. So when Bobby is in the spotlight, I'm going to get to him. But Drew, but going back to Drew real quick, like, look, okay, look, I understand he doesn't want to take big bumps, but this is two years in a row in in Hell of Cell where he took these soft, horrible, boring bumps. Like the one off the cage where it gets Randy was trash. This man couldn't go through a table and had to go through a, a, a landing pad for what reason? I don't know. Like, if you're going to be in this, these type of gimmick matches, be willing to take these type of bumps or just don't do it. And that's my issue with Drew, too. It's just, like, it's too safe, man. Like, I don't – like, I'm sorry. Like, you got Raymond Stewart getting thrown across the, the freaking cell, and you don't see him taking a, a, a crash crash pad. Like, people may find Chris Jericho for doing it. But at least that was, like, off, like, freaking, I don't know, 16 feet, whatever it was. So, I don't know. That's a small issue I have with him, though. I think um, I'm going to keep bringing up Deadlock since I, I remember a lot of what they said. Like, it's true. Like, either do the bump or don't do it at all. And I still give the biggest problem for AEW with that Chris Jericho spot was the spot went the way it should have went, and Chris Jericho did nothing wrong. The problem was mm. the camera crew. They fucking didn't yep. know how to fucking record that shit because if you record it on the right angle, no one could tell there was a crash pad there. And same shit, WWE's crew... 
you've been doing this for fucking years and somehow you don't do it fast enough or you do it too fast yes. that you see a fucking hand pushing out table pieces? <laughs> First of all, someone, someone in the production check had to have seen that angle, specific angle, and click the buttons to switch it to that. That's just depressing, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. But, you know, going back to Tony Khan, I will say Tom, Tony Khan maybe is a little bit too much, like, cocky, quote-unquote, but this is all just a character, probably. You know, maybe he's trying to develop a so. character because at the end of the day, like, he, they're doing, like, all right, like, double or nothing or, like, their pay-per-views. My problem right now with their pay-per-views isn't the way the card is set up, more or less. I'm going to say it's just too fucking long right now. They throw mm. so many damn matches, and it's hard to do. Like, when I brought my friends to go watch the Double or Nothing with me, it was really good for a long time, but the problem was also there were just too many damn matches in one in one card, especially for, like, if you're trying to introduce someone into wrestling. Like, after a while, they're like, if they like it, they're going to like it, but at the same time, if they want to do something else, they're like, how much more is there? Especially when you got the biggest main events are still later to come, and you got all these kind of, like, filler matches on there and shit like i feel like they need to rely more on their pre-show kind of you know because mm, they yeah. have their pre-shows and they have their little like things but they only put one match on there mind you they have shit like dark and dark elevation where they put millions of matches on there just give us an extra hour for a pre-show and throw in like matches like i remember it was at rusev and kip savian versus like whoever the fuck he was feuding with before like uh, Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy, whatever. They could have just thrown that yeah. on a pre-show when it was like whatever pay-per-view is before Double or Nothing. Shit like that. That uh, aren't that great of a deal. Big of a deal. But I don't know. Tony Khan isn't the worst thing in the world when you think about it. Because look, who else is there to compare him to besides Vince? Uh, uh, Dixie Carter. <laughs> All know. right, there Dixie you go. Dixie, who, who basically almost ruined her damn company. <laughs> <laughs> she was good wrestling. If you want to put it that way, but yeah, uh, gosh. I mean, uh, I just want him to tone him tone it down. Like sometimes it's okay to have a big ego, but at the same time, you need to like work your way there. You know, I want I want Ada to succeed as much as possible, but the way he's going sometimes is like, but like he this like, it wasn't him, but it was a who was in charge of AEW's Twitter account retweeted an article from New York Times. I think it was a daily 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 news which, about them being in New York, and I was like. Tony Khan, the new king of New York. And I'm just like, oh my, did you really just share that on Twitter? <laughs> like, dude, you didn't, you never had a show here before, so you're not a king of anything. So that, that, like, that irked me a little bit because like, I hate when people, like, try to claim something that is not there yet. But I want him to succeed as much as, you know, anybody else does, but I don't want to be too cocky about it. Hey, I'm going to give it, I'm going to tie it up to just character, you know, because no, like, all that shit, like, for example, think about all the promos they do on Impact about, like, where they're literally shitting down the throat of Impact and saying, hey, you guys are using our champion to be your champion right now. Look how great we are. You're like, obviously, that's like an act, you know, but at the same time, yeah. like, I can see what you mean. I guess it's just falling into, like, kayfabe or not kayfabe, you know? Um... And going back to New York, I'm fucking excited for that. We're definitely going to that. That's 100%. We're going to that. We have to go. If Henry's not going, oh, well. This man needs to stop getting fucking parking tickets, and he's just missing out. So me, you will go. Maybe Finn will come along. My barber, he's actually in my fraternity, and he's a wrestling fan. He might come along with us, too. (laughs) That show's going to be freaking insane. Someone said, what if uh, they had... PMP win the tag tiles and had Eddie Kingston win uh, 
the TNT tile, the crowd would go freaking crazy. Dude, that would be, be sick. That. <laughs> that would be sick. I saw this one Twitter account also post how crazy would it be if they finally do um, Paul White, a.k.a. The Big Show's debut, on that show, and he goes against Shaq. <laughs> yeah, that was... I mean, I would be hyped. Shaq's last time yeah. in AEW was great. I mean, the dude exploded a table and sold the fuck out of it. So, AEW, Dynamite, Grand Slam, whatever the hell it's called... I'm expecting some good shit, especially because it's going to be their first time in New York. So I feel like it's since it's going to be one of their TV specials, it's going to be pay-per-view quality, which is going to be really fucking sick. Yeah. Yeah. New York, New York is getting some really good shows. Again, that they get in, of course, GCW homecoming weekend. Well, that's Jersey, but close enough to be New York. I mean, that's close point. enough for us. And we're going yeah. to that. I'm trying. I know because on night one, we're getting Matt Cardona, a.k.a. Zack Ryder versus... Uh, Nick Gage. We'll get into all this in a bit. And I know I saw Too Cold Scorpio. He's signed on to night one. And the thing is, this dude could still fucking go. I was watching his match against Rich Swan a couple uh, GCW events ago. He could still fucking go, which is dope. And I want to do fucking night two. Henry better figure something out. They They already announced night two. Yeah, George another versus uh, Atticus Cougar, which is going to be a good match. I didn't yeah. know they fucking announced a match for night two. Quite all I'm saying is if Henry doesn't want to fucking go for night two, we should just book the hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, we could book this, the this hotel and just take the bus back, you know? Because <laughs> I was looking, like, I don't mind, I don't have to start working until 10 a.m. I could push my, like, start a day, like, an hour later or something. All I know is night two, because it's night two, that means it's the last event of the weekend. That is going to be also really fucking good. Yeah, but we'll get into that GCW stuff in a fucking second. Um, But back to just, you know, mainstream wrestling and just wrestling in general. Yeah, like weekly shows, especially that main stuff, has been really just blah to watch. And like, I still haven't made enough time into my life to watch New Japan, which is annoying for me because like I see they're doing like, like I saw like Will Ospreay isn't a champion anymore. And like I saw like they just like, it's still good stuff. Just anything that isn't mainstream, like WWE and like AEW, has been pretty impressive. AEW for me, it's just like their timing has been so bad when it comes to like Friday shows and shit. Like I just don't give a shit about a Friday show enough. And then with like GCW has been awesome. I mean, we fucking went to one of the shows, so maybe we're a little bit biased, but they've been doing great shit for <laughs> before the pandemic. I mean, no, since the pandemic, since I started watching, and I'm trying to think like. Honestly, the only other part about wrestling that I've really been liking over this break that we had in the last month was all the wrestling documentaries we've, like, uh, oh, yeah. like Dark Side of the Ring had been really fucking good. Uh, the last one I watched uh, was the Nick Gage one, and that one was fucking great. And then getting to hear, like, um, like I know it was really good. I haven't watched it yet, but the Ultimate Warriors one. Um, on there I heard that was good in terms of just like how fucked up it was against him um, but then even like A&E A&E has their um, documentaries they've done I watched the Stone Cold one and I watched the Mick Foley one and those were both some good shows like I was very happy to listen to that and I just wish like you know I have stupid Peacock I wish it was just on Peacock so I could find it easier instead of finding uh, different methods to watch it but um the amount of documentaries we've got have been pretty good, and I do want to check out the China one they released. A&E released, no, Vice. Uh, yeah. 
Vice released their own China one that's separate from Dark Side of the Ring. So there's been a lot of good content that isn't just wrestling, which like matches, which is good. There's been like documentaries and going deep cuts into stuff that's going on. Like, for example, after watching the Mick Foley one, like I bought one of Mick Foley's books that I hadn't had in such a long time, like the Hardcore Diaries. And I have his first original book, which I read, which was really fucking good. So there's good wrestling content on there that is like WWE could have good stuff that just, you know, isn't their matches. Like their documentaries are normally pretty good. Yeah, I saw I saw most of the A&E ones. I think I think I didn't watch the Warrior one because I don't care. <laughs> so quite a bit quite honest. Uh, the Brett one was really really good. The Sean the Sean one was pretty good too. The Brett one was like I didn't expect the Brett one to be so good. I thought Brett's a boring guy, but seeing uh him talking about Owen and all that stuff was pretty sad. And I saw half of the China Duck, and that one is pretty. It's good, but it's so just like sad. heartbreaking to watch because she really did get like straight up. Erased from wrestling when she got released. Uh, yeah, and it's just like Triple H is a is a is a horrible person. <laughs> I'll probably just leave it at that. But um, yeah, it's, it's really I'm gonna to need watch. to check that out to see that. All I know is like it's just crazy thing. China was such a big fucking deal at one point, and then next thing you know, like uh, this is gonna kind of go off topic, but they might. I don't even know if they even mention it in the documentary. But then next thing you know, she's on top of the world couple of years later she's doing porn you know like she's out here i she's doing gangbang porn i saw that was one of the things she's done like and she had that fucking video of x-pac and shit like just crazy to think where like she was at and then where she went you know i um uh, is it is the documentary a one part or a two parter for china i think it's one straight part just yeah. one straight part okay but i'm de- definitely interested to watch that yeah, it was like she pretty much said like she was basically on she was like the female Stone Cold, as she was basically what they say was like she was basically as big as Stone Cold in some ways, and like they didn't give her the respect like that that she deserved after a while, and it's kind of just messed up to see that. Uh, yeah, but at least she's in the Hall of Fame some in some ways. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when you think about it, like. There wasn't a bigger woman at the time, especially in a time where WWE didn't really give a shit about putting any women really over. You know, women were just like side pieces. Like, uh, like for example, you know, Sunny, um, what else? Sable. Not really big things were coming out of it. You know, then we started kind of seeing like more like actual matches coming out of women when you got like people like Jacqueline and Jazz, Trish Stratus. But at a time when just like China was leading the charge and was just very popular. Like if you knew wrestling names, like people were just obsessed by China because look how beefy that woman was. But like she wasn't even like an ugly woman, you know, in terms of like even putting on all that muscle. And she was just a force. Yeah, WWE, you know, didn't really work out with her, which was very unfortunate. So it's it's really – yeah, you you definitely got to watch it. It's pretty – Vince Russo, surprisingly enough, was like the guy who sang the most praises in the documentary. I didn't realize how close to her until huh. seeing that. Well, that'll be interesting to watch. You know, I will say, like, uh, you know, there's, the documentary stuff has been good. Dark Side of the Ring. I'm looking forward to see what they're going to do for season three of Dark Side or four. This is season four, I'm pretty sure. 
Yeah, I think so. I don't fucking know. There's been no, there's, all I know is I want to see what Elder stuff. Maybe they'll do like a dark side on Sunny because you know all she does is like mm-hmm. get arrested and apparently said she <laughs> yeah. fucked off Ziggler. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, apparently she fucked off Ziggler. That was the thing she claims to do, but uh, I don't know. Um, anywho, what else? What else? Any other wrestling thing? How how else? You know, I've I've bought a lot of wrestling merch over the pandemic slash like over. Even over the break, like, a lot of the coolest things I will say about joining the wrestling community um, on, like, having a podcast and having social media is just realizing there are so many groups of people creating, like, custom shirts and designs and, like, certain things. Like, for example, like, I have about four or five shorts right now. I'm going to have a few more that are just cool wrestling, like, basketball shorts that I could wear out with different outfits and shit like that. So that's cool. A lot of, like, just custom shirts that I have never would have had. Like, I bought this one custom shirt. I'm hoping it comes in in the next couple of weeks. But it's like, uh, you know that Royal Rumble poster with Stone Cold and it's the back of his head and it has, like, nails in his head? I have never seen it before. I don't think it's so. like Royal Rumble 96, I'm pretty sure. Okay, so, um, <laughs> so it's a cool poster. All I know is that um, uh, that's a cool shirt that I just got. And, like, just... Any of, like, the shirt I was wearing, like, uh, like all the merch I've just worn in the last couple of years has just been, oh, it's Royal Rumble 98. Um, just so many cool things out there. So I'll say uh, that's been a nice way to connect to wrestling by just buying shit that is wrestling-related and not having to watch. Like, I bought some vintage sh- shit. Like, I have three vintage John Cena shirts now, which is pretty fucking fire. <laughs> last thing I bought was there was the AJ Gray shirt. I did, I did buy two. Uh, so I bought two replica title belts, right? Because it was German. You, ha- you have some sale. replicas coming now, some rep title belts. I need some. Oh, oh listen. Look, I bought two. It was a Warhammer title and, and Universal. I had them oh. for like a week. I, I sent them back because I was just like, yo, I need money. <laughs> it, 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 it just cost way. <laughs> I need the money. I was like, I can't. I can't. That's when I was like, yo, I can't afford this. <laughs> so I sent those back. I was like, yeah, that's five hundred dollars right there. I do something else. Jeez, so you bought the big gold world heavyweight title, yeah. and then you bought the universal. Yeah, those those the universal title was so nice and so heavy, but man, it wasn't worth the price to to keep it in all term. I could I could you know knowing like you know your job right now, maybe if you had like a little bit some a little extra in the bank from your next job yeah. that you're getting at some point, like. Then I would do it, you know, because, like, for example, like, I look at what I'm doing. Like, a lot of the stuff I'm spending is either between 20 to $50. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is, like, small at the moment, but then it all adds up. Like, right now I have two almost th- – it's going to be in the next – give me a couple more weeks. It'll be three draws – drawers. Draws? Drawers. Uh, New York. Three <laughs> drawers in my room that are just filled with wrestling shirts, you know, so if you add yeah. each one of those that are either twenty to thirty dollars, that's a lot of fucking money that I've spent in the last like since the pandemic. And plus yeah. there's like other shirts I want to get too. So like all you know, AOPs, all over prints. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are very popular and very vintage back in the day, especially for wrestling. And I, there's places that are selling them. And the way they sell them, it's like seventy-five to a hundred dollars. And like, part of me, I'm like, yo, this would look so sick. Like, you know, I got a couple of pairs of uh, Air Jordan ones I'm getting. I'm gonna try and get some, uh, some fours and shit like that. Anyway, like, the fact is that I want, like, it would look so cool, but I can't like make myself spend a hundred dollars on a shirt. 
Like, <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever spent a hundred dollars on a fucking piece of clothing that isn't sneakers? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I think the closest I came was buying some shorts this past weekend. God, I need some shorts. Uh, and I spent those seventy dollars, and that's like, I think that's the most I'll pay for like a piece of clothing. Yeah. That's not shoes. Yeah, like these, like the shorts that I'm. So I, I, you know, I don't know if you heard of Chalkline before. They make those cool wrestling jackets that are kind of like bombers. Really yeah. great stuff. I have at least four or five, or a couple more. I know I'm going to be buying soon of like their shorts, and they go for about fifty to fifty-five dollars a piece. And like in the grand scheme of things, I'm like that's expensive for a pair of shorts, but they look really fire. I got two Bret Hart. One the pink and purple, then the other one's the black. I mean the pink and black, then the other one's reverse, which is black and pink. I got these nice SmackDown like 2002 shorts. I got these Eddie Guerrero flame shorts, and I know like he's gonna come out with the Eddie Guerrero black and gold types mm-hmm. in shorts. So I might get that, and I know he has the old school Edge shorts coming, like the uh, Edge like when he started his singles run, or not even his single run. Yeah, I think around his singles run, like the cool ones that have Edge on it. I don't know. Wrestling's wrestling merch can get expensive when you think about it, especially when you want good wrestling merch too. Like, because there's a lot of wrestling merch out there, especially put out by WWE, that's god awful. Like all that RK Bro <laughs> shit, for example, is my number one example, and people buy it. You know, there's some people I want. I look at wearing some wrestling merch. It's kind of gross. Not gonna lie. That's one thing. Wrestling is also that type of thing where I love to say I love. I'm a wrestling fan, but then when you look at some of the community and you're like. Look at how these people dress or what they're wearing. It's like, ew. And some of it's just wrestling merch and it looks gross. And they and they think it's cool. Just some of these wrestling fans don't got a drip. <laughs> Have you seen the freaking Let Me In shorts from WWE that has Let oh Me In right over the crotch? <laughs> I saw those. Those were bad. I will say, though, <laughs> off the cuff, not the off of the back of that, you mentioning that, I did because I thought it was hilarious. By the DX, got two words for you on the crotch. I did <laughs> just because oh it's DX and it says two words for you. Does does it say suck it on it? No, I don't think it does. It just says I got two words for you, and then it got the DX logo on funny. the bottom. So I did buy those, and those kind of look good. I do have some shoes and shirt that could go for that, go with that. But no, the let me in shit that was bad. If you look at some of the stuff WWE shop puts out, it's just fucking awful. But they do sometimes have some sleeper picks. Like when they bring back some of their old vintage stuff, it does kind of look cool. They do like, I see right now, they have um, oh, Hit Row. They're, uh, they're a tag team on NXT. They got a kind of nice like acid wash, mineral wash shirt that looks that's on there. I just popped it up right now. That's not the worst thing in the world. But sometimes just WWE just does not know what looks good. <laughs> yeah, they. I don't know who's in charge of it. <laughs> of their design but there's some people i don't know some 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 is a little bit odd even even um even roman's catchphrase right now is that oh it was at the main it was pretty pretty freaking weird oh that shirt <laughs> sucked and the other problem about it is like for example someone like roman he has not put out they have not put out good merch for him since he's done this great run of his and it pisses yeah. me off because i want to rep him I want to get a cool Roman Reigns shirt, but I'm like, I don't give a shit about half of the shit that they put out. Like, <laughs> acknowledge me. Head of the table. <laughs> they have head of the table shorts. Uh, wreck everyone and leave. That's maybe the closest thing, but, like, they don't just have any good-looking Roman Reigns stuff out. And I don't – it's 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 disappointing as fuck. 
Yeah, like the smash them, stack them, pin them one. Uh-uh. I will not wear them in public. <laughs> yeah, yeah that is definitely not something I would wear in public. But like, I don't know. Well, it's this like shirt is pretty fire. Huh? There's a Fiend and Lexa Bliss Fire Funhouse shirt. That should look pretty good. Is it the it's... one like with the fire and it looks like it was like yeah. painted? Yeah, I do like that. I actually might buy that one because they also have a Mick Foley one. They have, no, a Mankind one. They have a Mankind one and they have a Kane one and an Undertaker in that same style. And I'll give it to them. That one looks pretty cool. That one does look pretty cool that I want to get those. Oh, yeah, the Kane one is fire. Oh, my gosh. See, this is why I'll wear this in public. I'll, I'll buy this. So, see, the thing is, WWE can pull it off. The problem is, like, sometimes they just don't. <laughs> like, they have, like, I'm looking right now, like, they have an old-school Degeneration X tank top. I would get that. Like, that's just so basic. They got a Mick Foley one. I need some more tank tops for summer, trying to get back into shape. I would get some of this stuff. But WWE, you know, they just got to... They got to realize what works. Like, all, why do you think right now so, so much of their shit from the 90s is in right now? All their vintage and people are trying to replicate those designs and shit. Like, WWE should just put out some vintage-looking merch because that would look so good for them right now. And yeah. I must still say it. Hulk Hogan, fuck you because you, were, you have some cool-looking merch, but you ruined it by being racist. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I will never wear. I will never be caught wearing uh, any Hogan gear ever in my life. I will not be ridiculed. Even though his NWO should look pretty fire. Yeah, like the whole That's Hollywood the rules. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the thing. If Hogan wasn't racist, I'd probably rock it. You know, I do have a shirt that has Hogan on it, but it has a has Macho Man on it too. So it's a, I could say that it's fine. But um, that's the problem. It's just the dude ruined himself. And, like, for example, Chalkline put out these fire shorts that are red and yellow. And I'm like, wow, like, it looks great, but too bad the guy's fucking racist and ruined it for everyone. I will say they have a bunch of good tank tops out right now. If you're trying to do tank tops this summer, might need to look at that. Ah, oh, man. All right, we've been talking for a bit. Let's, uh, let's get into this one topic of conversation that I wanted to mention. And then we'll talk about GCW. WWE releases in 2021. We talked about it for we talked about it for one episode, but then more fucking releases happen. So in the last week, we saw the Bollywood Bros get released. We saw Fandango and Tyler Breeze get released. We got we saw Killian Dane get released. We saw that tag team of Ever Rise. I didn't really know much about them and watch that watch them so i didn't really care too much at all we saw um i don't know her name but she's one of she's like an mma fighter that turned wwe she got released recently tino sabatelli who you know always like i always knew who he was because i i knew they even did a little like 24 special when he got into nxt and this dude got released, then went to AEW as apparently a spy for WWE. <laughs> AEW realized it, fired him. WWE signed the back, and then boom, here he is back again. Um, and released again. Um, they released uh, Tony Nice, who I'm surprised, like, he was doing well for 205 and stuff. And they also released Davari. Um, I don't know, if, like, is there anyone else that I'm missing that we haven't already mentioned, but. WWE has released so many fucking people in 2021. Apparently part of the reason is Nick Khan. Nick Khan is, like, taking the charge and releasing these people. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if they, like, 
you know, they need cap space. If you think about it, like, you know, they're trying to sign some major people and need to fucking release and get some cap space, but they have released so many people. And just when I look at it, the notable names that got released, you know, Andrade, for example, who also looking fire as hell, looking huge. And he's going to take on Kenny Omega soon, which I'm kind of excited about that one. You got like, I'll put Mojo Rowley in the mix. I wasn't expecting him to get released. Then again, I don't know. You got Mickey James. You got the Iconics, Chelsea Green, Kalisto. Uh, I mean, the fashion FBI, I mean, of, uh, I don't remember what the hell her name, but Tyler Breeze and Fandango. I'm like, that sucks. The Bollywood Bros, Buddy Murphy, so many good names on here. Ruby Riot. Braun Strowman is still the number one. I'm very surprised that this man got released, like, deal, because WWE was on the fucking train for Braun Strowman for the last couple of years. A little bit too late. I still think they did it too late because the fans were big on on Braun Strowman. Like, I started to like Braun Strowman. That feud of Roman Reigns was one of my, I think, the times where I was like, you know what, I like this dude. Especially that one, like, fucking altercation they had backstage and shit like that. But... Still, biggest surprise of getting released, but definitely just releasing so many people. Wild, wild. I, I, I remember those rumors. They kind of, they kind of died down. That uh, those Garrett Gear and they're releasing people to gear for a sale, and that's. I mean, I could see it happening one day. I wouldn't, I would I wouldn't be shocked that if they sold, that they sold the company off to someone else. They might need to at, at some point. But um, what's interesting, Nick Khan is in here, and whoever this guy is, he's he's really like. Apparently, like, he's been, like, yeah, I saw the rumor of, like, apparently, like, Vince McMahon is looking for him to be the next guy in charge or whatever. It, make, it makes sense. I mean, it, as much as people want this to happen, Triple H is not fit. That he could run the rest inside the business, sure, but to run a million-dollar a billion dollar company, I don't think Triple H could do that part. <laughs> and I don't think he has the, the, the skills to do that. Maybe Stephanie, but at the same time, like, maybe Vince don't trust her. I don't, I don't know what the case is there. Yeah. Um, but... Going to the releases, um, you know, it's, I mean, it sucks to see people get fired and lose a job, but it's also, you got to look at the other side, too, is that, like, all these people, it's good to get a steady paycheck, and, and but a lot of these people weren't getting used properly or not getting used at all, and they could probably find success elsewhere. There's plenty of companies to go to now these days, so they're going to be fine no matter what. Um, and W2 also has so much people that they need to trim down because there's so much people that they don't even get to use the people that they have frequently, and and they have so much people in the in the former center that they don't that they're gonna have to bring up at some point, and there won't be space for them with all these other people in the roster. So it's kind of like that Banson act of trying to like, you know, well, like you gotta cut people at some point. It's, it's sad to see it, and but someone like Braun, it was funny because one, I don't like Braun. I'm just like straight up, I don't, I don't like him, and. He made a comment last year about indie wrestlers, like, oh, go get a rude job. You can't handle this. And now the man gets cut. <laughs> and now he's going to have to go probably look for an indie for a while, right? That's just yeah. karma. That's like, that sucks for him. They should never say those comments. And dude's a big dummy. Um, and he was making a million dollars. Just makes it, that doesn't make sense to me at all. How does that make year. sense? He was one of the biggest things. <laughs> a mill for Braun does not make sense. This guy was like, I'm sorry. That's the biggest waste of money I've ever seen in my life. If you're paying a mill to someone, you better pay a mill to like Seth Rollins, Roman. But they are getting Kofi. a million. <laughs> <laughs> they are, but Braun is like. But but you. I, I, I agree. Else. But sorry. when you look at it, it does. But when you look at the state of WWE and what they were doing, Braun had like Braun was doing numbers for them. When you think about it, you know. 
At one point, yeah. He, he finessed them, though. <laughs> to get the contract he did after, after all that happened, like, I, I don't know. He, he's a good business guy. I'll tell him. I gave him that much. But <laughs> a mail for Braun, I, I would never, I would never do that. That's like paying a bill for, like, freaking, I don't know, Big Show. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I mean, Big yeah. Show was making millions. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves this. That's, that's a back comparison. But I, I just, I just yeah. don't think you like Braun. That's the problem. But think about it. It's Vince I mean, McMahon. Yeah. Of course. Like, Braun and Big Show, I'm pretty sure they had, like, a passing of the torch situation <laughs> at one point. So, like, Vince loves his big guy. So, it makes sense that Vince does that. It doesn't seem like you would do it. But, you know, it makes sense for Vince. Like, that's the like, man. All I, all, all I know is that... <laughs> If ever if I ever seen Braun Strowman in the AEW, I'm gonna laugh so hard and just like cry of laughter because he's gonna make the roster look like freaking midgets. <laughs> like it's not gonna be a good look. I mean, he look he makes mostly everyone does, but then when AEW, yeah, like I can't really think of huge men besides like Wardlow, you know, and like Jake Hager in terms of like big muscly dudes, like and Brian Cage. And then again, like yeah, there's so many just small guys in there. Great wrestlers, but just not the physique of a Braun Strowman. I will say it's also crazy. Like, we got people like Lance Archer and, like, Brian Cage on AEW, yet none of them have, like, done done nearly as much as you would have thought they would have. Like, especially, like, Brian Cage should be, like, a world champion contender. Same thing with Lance Archer. Yet, like, Lance Archer loses every fucking match he gets put into for a big scene anyway. (laughs) But I don't know. I would like to see. I would like to see a lot of these guys go to TNA. Fuck it, you know, like Steve yeah. Cutler. He went to TNA, and I think he's going to do some good stuff there. We're going to see something we didn't really get to see. I would love to see a bunch of these guys go to TNA and kind of bring like something to TNA to make me want to watch it. Because if I saw someone like Kalisto, someone like I'm just looking at the releases right now. If Kalisto, if the Iconics, if Buddy Murphy. Um, if Fandango and Tyler Breeze, uh, Tony Nice, Alistair Black, if they all fucking went to Impact, I'd give a better chance to watching Impact more often, you know? Because that's like, those are a lot of people that had so much good shit on them that just never got used. That would be dope. Yeah, I, I could see that. I think. I kind of don't want any of them really to go to AEW. It's like Andrade already went there. Aleister Black, I would like him at the same time. Like AEW already has a lot of stuff going on. I kind of want to see him go somewhere else where it's like you got a different field going on and whatnot. And maybe you could mix with each other. Like, you know, they got this whole open door crap that they're doing. Like, when are they going to do AEW versus Impact as a fucking thing? Like, fucking do it already, Tony Khan. You want to say you're the fucking mastermind. That would be cool. I would love to see something like that. And put these guys on a different area. I don't know, because it would be great for them to be on AEW, but I don't also want it to be like, you know, because everyone, like, will kind of, like, it'll happen like what's happening in WWE, where you can't use them all. But what are you going to bring out there? Alistair Black is a is a very interesting guy. This guy, so, and um, it's a little joke going on in Discord, so I'm in, that this guy is a straight-up, like, biggest bootlicker ever for some of the things he's been saying about that. Like, this guy is so much like... I've seen that on Twitter. I've seen that on Twitter. People are saying, you know, because he hasn't said any bad things about WWE, so people are complaining about it. I kind of think that's fucking ridiculous. 
I think he's just a nice guy. I think he's just a yeah. really, really, really nice guy. Why but do you want to talk th- shit about your past employer publicly? <laughs> I think he's a nice guy, but at the same time, I think he's a little bit naive because, like, some of the things he's saying, like Vince, like about the company, oh, Vince loved him. Like, listen, Vince is the biggest liar in the world. Probably this guy will tell you something to your face, then go to someone like Nick Khan and be like, "All right, get rid of this guy," and and then, but then not be the bad guy in the situation. He just like the good face, you know. I, I don't want him to get played by Vince or anything like that. And I don't think Asuka is going to go to the. I honestly do. I, I think those rumors of him going to AEW. I think that is all just to drive up his contract to get you know a better contract that he. I think he's going hey, back. Hey, Samoa as, Joe as basically did it. Samoa yeah. Joe and Triple it was H. Smart to do it. Triple H took that dude right away. Oh, I don't know. Those people that are bitching about Alistair Black. I think they need to calm down a fucking bit. That's <laughs> that, that's when the IWC, the inter- internet wrestling community, gets too fucking annoying. Because, like, all right, the guy has nothing bad to say. All right, that's okay. Like, you know, <laughs> like, everyone who, had, who gets fired from a job doesn't have to say, oh, this was the worst place ever. I mean, think about it right. still. Like, you know, like, even the last people that got released and shit like that, they all... Uh, like for what I saw on Twitter, a lot of them were like, "Yo, thank you WWE, thank you this, thank you that." Because look at these guys. Even though they weren't used, they were used like used correctly. They were used at a certain point, you know. Like Alistair Black definitely like made so much money off of WWE compared to probably his time when he was on the Indies and shit. So honestly, he's probably very grateful. He was. Right. I, yeah, you're right because that not anyone could be. Especially him in his position, like he has. If he wants to ever come back, he can't say anything bad about them because they might not want to bring him back. But someone like Moxley, he can talk all the garbage, the trash he wants to about that. And no matter what he says, and they'll come knocking on his door when the time comes. Be like, all right, you want to come back because of who he is in his position. Exactly. When you're when so. you're this, yeah, you don't want to be in a situation where you're talking the biggest shit because then you're never coming back if you get the like unless you're a Moxley or a big fucking huge deal like. You know, of all the amount of shit CM Punk has said, he will still come back if if they give him the right amount of money and he feels like he wants to come back. Look at what happened with Bret fucking Hart to be to be right. example. Mm-hmm. He talked the most fucking shit in the world. He still talks the most fucking shit in the world. But WWE will bring him back, and they did. You know, and he eventually fucking went back too because of money. You know, probably like someone like Aleister Black. He was a big deal for the wrestling community, but. Not the biggest deal in terms of WWE. So if he ever wants that chance, there you go. Like, look at Drew. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think I saw Drew Galloway, you know, on Twitter talking all the shit about WWE. And now look at him. (laughs) Yeah, true. I think the wrestling community is toxic as fuck. It's another reason why I don't like to say I'm a part of the wrestling community. Sometimes, you know, to my closest people I know, I'll be like, yeah, I'm a wrestling fan, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I mean, shit, I have, two different rest- I have two different Twitters. One where I have its normal Twitter, and then it's my wrestling Twitter, because I don't mix the two, really. But uh, wrestling, wrestling internet fans, awful people. Just some wrestling fans in general, just sh- idiots. Ugh. Yeah, I, I, I just, I just, you know how on Twitter you can follow like topics. I used yeah. to follow AW and WWE, and the amount of toxic things I'll see from both sides, just like talking about each other, going back and forth. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm. It made me hate both, both of WWE and AW at that oh, point. Oh no, yeah, and just hate. The, I had to unfollow it today. I just say this is just ruining my experience. It's just trying to enjoy things with people just constantly complaining about every little thing that goes on. 
I eventually, as we're on our way to building up this podcast, I would love to build a nice Discord, you know, like not, it doesn't have to be the biggest internet wrestling Discord ever, you know, because that's the one you're in. It doesn't need to be that. I just want it to be a nice community where not everyone is fucking bitching and complaining every fucking time <laughs> something happens. I want it to be a good fucking Discord where people, People are just chit-chatting about wrestling and recommending shit and not always being little fucking bitches about anything, you know? So, like, that's hopefully the one thing I want to accomplish out of creating this podcast. So, it's a dream I want to do at some point. We'll eventually try to work on it, but I don't want any of that toxicity because that's the thing about, like, I look at the wrestling community sometimes as the way people look at the anime community anime community on twitter is disgusting <laughs> like i love anime here and there you know i haven't really given it much of a chance since high school but like i know the internet community on twitter is disgusting and sometimes creepy you know <laughs> so you know it is what it is at this point of the wrestling community just figuring out the good apples and the bad apples i've like had to unfollow some people on twitter myself that i'm like listening and just seeing what they're tweeting i'm like you're just an idiot or you're a creep so um, i don't know where this topic came from out of the releases but it makes sense oh yeah alpha alistair black with the esther beckley's conversation yeah but i think that's the most we can say about those releases right now we'll figure out i think i think we're good on there I'm, I kind of want to talk about our time doing GCW. So, Quade and I and our boy Henry. Henry's not fucking listening. I don't think Henry's ever listened to the podcast. <laughs> he, I'm going to be told, honest. He told me, no, he doesn't listen to him. He supports us. He doesn't do shit to support us. He, he <laughs> says he supports us. He has never once listened. And the, I remember he, because I don't even think Henry listens to podcasts. So, that's the thing. You know, Henry, oh, God, I could have an entire episode on Henry and what he needs <laughs> to fucking do. But anyway, all three of us went. We went to GCW Zombie Walk. It was the last show of a two-day weekend for GCW. And it was in Atlantic City. I knew going into this, I'm like, yo, Atlantic City, like, that's not so fucking far away from us. So I'm like, we should go. It was honestly the one of the longest trips <laughs> I've done in a while, especially post-COVID or in this COVID era, if we're still in it. or No, we're still in it, but, like, in terms of, like, just – it's dying down, but this is the biggest trip I've done in a while that I think of. And God, that was such a long journey to get there, but I will say it was worth it. It, it was definitely worth it. Yeah, it. It was a long ride, but it was a good ride. Cause you know, I got to chill with the bros. It's been a while. I haven't seen Henry particular in like four years, which is kind of crazy. And so just cool. And I haven't seen uh, Joseph in person since what, two years ago, a year ago, maybe two. So, you know, it was just cool to like, chill out. The ride was, was dope. And, you know, just got pumped up to to see our first ever uh, GCW show live. Yeah. Like, you know, I've been to I, – I credit – I like to – I've already mentioned them a bunch already, but the Deadlock podcast really got me into GCW. The one guy on there, Johnny, he's also part of New Legacy. So if anyone that's, like, knows the wrestling internet community and just knows the YouTube side of it, Johnny was – big he's a big deathmatch guy and i've never been into deathmatch wrestling when i i've always known about it and i've always like just never got into it i've only known like i've seen the clips of it and like you know the people and like in japan or whatever fucking getting like those like uh, those fucking like wooden things and slamming them in somebody's head and shit those those picks that you kind of use in barbecues scores skewers skewers there you go 
And like seeing that, I'm like, it never turned me on to watching it. But after watching GCW Backyard 2 last year, I'm like, this is kind of interesting. All right, this is all right. I know who Joey Janela is because he's a big part of GCW. I'm like, okay, this is cool. And then I continued to keep watching. I was like, holy shit, like this is some good stuff. And finally being able to like go to our first show, that was a great first show. That was definitely like one of the best shows of wrestling in general I've seen in a very long time because like from start to finish, everything that we saw was entertaining. And I'll always give it to that. Wrestling is way more entertaining in person like anything else. You know, like every sport is, is very interesting in person, but that was so cool. And like it made me pumped because we're going to go. We're trying to do both of uh, both nights of homecoming and like we're even doing AEW. And then when WWE apparently may or may not be coming to like the garden, I want to do that, too. Um, just seeing it like the first match that we got and we showed up like, I think, four minutes after the bell. Uh, it was Tony Deppen versus Jake Cartwheel. I've heard of Jake Carwheel, never knew of him. Tony Deppen is actually one of my favorite stars to watch on GCW. This dude's like, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he fucking kicks ass. And honestly, like, that was a really good first match. We just sat, we, we didn't sit down. We were standing up because we didn't want to get in the way of anybody. And, like, I was like, holy, like, it's not the biggest venue either that they do in the, they do it in the showboat hotel, like, ballroom area, and they just throw a ring in there. They got a few chairs fucking circling around, and these dudes are just going at each other, and you know, like, this is when, like, I wish people who say wrestling is fake, blah, 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 could fucking watch a match live in person, because, like, the moment you hear them fucking slaps, like, those chops that they were doing, I'm like, wow, like, it echoes through the fucking place. You see the fucking, their chest is getting red. And for first match, that was dope. This dude, Jake Cartwheels, are fucking doing all these fucking flips and 450s and shit like that. Fucking pretty sure he did, like, um, uh, shooting star press. Like, all dope-ass shit. So that was really fucking cool to experience that. What did you think about just, like, your first initial moments when we got in and watching it? Yeah, when we first got in, I was first, <laughs> my first initial moment was like, Man, people in the jersey don't wear masks anymore, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that was my first uh, this shit, man, the first stop. And after that, I was like, all right. Uh, God, you know, it was just cool to uh, see. I haven't been, that's my, the last live show I saw was NXT. Uh, so it's been a while, and I never really got to see wrestling up close uh, ever. God, I don't think I've ever stood like that close for an event before. Um, so that was cool. And then, you know, some of the first matches we saw, it was, pretty, it was a pretty dope uh Dope match. I don't remember too much from it that I want to be honest. Uh, but just walking in, just seeing being a being around wrestling fans again, just being around the crowd and seeing like wrestling in person was just something I've been waiting to do for the whole year, honestly. And it, it was just cool to finally be uh, to witness it. You know? Yeah. No. Yeah. Like when I think about it, my last, I was gonna say it was NXT, but no, I um. Because uh, I did go to NXT in Poughkeepsie back at Marist. I was second row for that. I was sick. And it was cheap tickets, too. Um, but my last one before that was 205 Live when they did their first and, like, only tour. And um, it was Enzo's last match in the WWE. <laughs> Crazy enough. <laughs> I still think that man deserves a little bit of justice because he did not do any of the things he was accused of and then got, never came back. But that's a topic for another time. But... 
Uh, yeah, that just being in front of like being around fans was cool. Like my first taste was the weekend beforehand when I went to Legends Bar. Shout out to the Jobbers Tears podcast, and like I saw Double or Nothing live, well on TV, and it was cool to just see all these people that were sitting around at their tables, spaced out, pretty good, and they were like, yeah, like they were like it was. I felt like a real genuine crowd that was at a show. You know, they were all watching on TV and they were acting, which was dope. They made me feel like I was at an actual wrestling show. Um, so when we got to GCW, like, the fans were into it. The f- crowd was pretty hot. Not only that, like, yeah, you're so right. Like, we were so close to the thing. That's why, like, for example, when it comes to, like, homecoming, we still haven't bought tickets. First row sold out. Second row sold out. There's, we're probably going to end up in the sixth row, or at the very least, and hopefully not, but I could deal with it standing room only. But even for me, who got fucked over with my ticket, <laughs> standing wasn't bad, because there's no bad seat in that area. Yeah. Um, but I will say, that was definitely the worst experience for me, was some I'm going to call her a Karen, because I just I, I believe she was, just never got the fuck out of my damn seat. So... I will say, I love GCW, but they did this so fucking poorly. You buy a seat for their show. We bought second row tickets, and you buy it through Eventbrite, but they don't tell you, like, all right, you're G1 or blah, 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 or row two, seat number four, blah, blah, blah. What they did, which fucking blew my mind, was they had the seats laid out in their designated rows, and they put post-it notes with, like, the very, like, lowest type of pen you could find or marker, and they just put it on the damn fucking seat, and that's it. That's where your seat is at. I'm looking for our seats. It's fucking hard as hell to find. It's not like they put bold fucking letters like to point out so we can figure out where our seats are at. And then when we finally found our seats, there's some fucking woman and just sitting <laughs> in our seats. And I, and I'm like, huh, this is weird. And you know, and I find out that like, cause we it was three of us, and I see oh one two, and then there's a person sitting across, next to the two empty seats. So I'm like, I can't tell if they're in our seat or if that's where their seat starts, you know? Which, no, it turns out that woman was where our seats started and the other two seats were, like, the leftovers. And I go, and I ask her, I'm like, oh, like, you know, in my head, I'm like, it looks like she's been here before. I feel like she probably knows what she's doing. I'm like, oh, can we just sit anywhere at this point? She's like, yeah, pretty much. I leave you guys, because we sat next to the group that was next to our seats, and I leave to go get a beer. I come back, and you guys got ejected back to where we were <laughs> yeah. supposed to be sitting. And that woman is just still sitting there. <laughs> did she say she would move if, if she came back? I could. Yeah, she did when I first fucking talked to her. You're right. You know, I just <laughs> thought about that. When I first told her, yeah, she'll, like, she'll move. You guys sat there I because I did not want to, like, go over there and ask her to move right during the match. And the match that was happening was um, – AJ Gray versus Calvin Tankman, and that match was a beast of a fucking match. I'm gonna rewatch this show at some point because it was an awesome show. But those two just dudes, like fucking Calvin Tankman's one of my favorite guys on the indies right now. He's a fucking hoss. He's a big fucking. He's a tank, and he's fucking wrecking through. Like they were going at it with going at it with each other. AJ Gray has like a nasty fucking like clothesline from hell, and that was a great match. And I didn't want to be rude and be like hey lady get the fuck out of my seat during this match so i waited till the match was over i got close to you guys expecting her to get up she never got up she never fucking got up so what ended up happening i stood for the next fucking match 
And unfortunately, I can't recall what the next match was. And I stood up the entire fucking time. And then she's like, oh, yeah, like, are you supposed to be sitting here? I'm like, yeah, that's these are my seats right here. What do you mean am I supposed to be sitting there? <laughs> if you get your fat ass up, you'll see that my name is on that seat. And she's like, oh, you, you could sit in that row. That's, those seats are empty. So we had seats in the third row. She said, go sit there, which was the second. No, wait, I lied. We were in the second row, and she told me to go sit there, which was the front row. No really big difference in viewing, to be honest. It was great. But, like, I want to sit next to the boys. And I also, and this is the thing. People that might be listening, if they're still listening at this point, might be thinking, wow, Joe, you're a fucking bitch. Why didn't you tell her to get up? Why are you being such a little <laughs> pussy? But this is what's going in my head. Two or three things right here. One idea is... She might be a big-ass Karen, and you know Karens. Karens, if they're wrong, they are still going to fucking argue and make a fucking scene about something. So I don't want to be that guy in a small-ass venue to make a fucking uh, a fucking hassle over just her getting out of my seat because, like, I don't want to cause a scene. I don't want people to not pay attention to the wrestling, then pay attention to me, and then, I don't know, someone calls me out in the crowd or in the wrestling thing calling me a bitch or something. Like, I don't want to cause a problem, because, like, I could see wrestling fans being stupid, or even, like, the wrestlers being like, hey, motherfucker, sit down or something, you know? Like, I don't want a wrestler to tell me that or whatnot. And then the other idea in my head is if, like, this woman might be a potential Karen, I don't want to fucking cause a scene is uh, maybe she, like, knows someone, you know? There's a possibility. What if she knows, like, a wrestler, you know? And I fucking tell her to move out of my seat. Next thing you know, I got Nick Gage kind of fucking cut me up or some <laughs> shit, you know? What if that's, like, Nick Cage's, like, stepmom or some shit, you know? <laughs> like, I didn't want to fucking cause an issue. Does, did, does, does that make sense? Like, in my head, it made sense and why I didn't fucking tell this woman to get up. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it makes... You, you gotta know when to fight your battles, and at that point, you know, if she is a Karen and she doesn't want to... And, and she complains and makes a big scene. Look, look. I love wrestling fans. I love anyone who's at that event, but we was running by white people. Most of it was probably like 80%, 80% white. Oh, yeah. The person of color. As a person of color, I'm like, the only other people that were people of color there were the wrestlers <laughs> and the guy giving me beer at the fucking bar. <laughs> <laughs> That's a losing battle, so I don't think it was going to be worth uh, throwing ourselves in that kind of situation. So, you know, you just had a, some, some Look, listen, I don't, this you don't, I don't, you don't want to. Cater to the white people, but sometimes you got to know when, when you got to touch your mouth and does that rock. Dude, especially because, like, if the venue was bigger and it wouldn't make it obvious that I'm, like, trying to tell this woman to get out of my seat without making a scene, I would have done it. Like, I would have told her, like, hey, this is my seat. Can I sit with my boys? And that's the other thing, too. She's right there sitting next to you. Why the fuck does she want to sit next to you? She's literally <laughs> sitting there by no one she knows. And that's and this is the other thing. And this is where at a certain point where, like, I can't tell if the woman just did this shit on purpose the entire night. But she never got out of that fucking chair. Even during intermission, she never got out of the chair. We got up because we, we got some food. We, we, we hung out and, like, we met AJ Gray and got his merch. We took, uh, we took photos with um, uh, uh, Manor. Um, what's his name, right? I'm forgetting his name. Uh, Proud to pronounce him. Once, once Manor. Man. Something like I, that. Why am I forgetting his name right now when I'm the only one that really knew his name? Yeah. I was um, like, what's his name? Vance uh, Warner. Mace Warner. There Vance you go. Warner? Mace. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's Mace. Mace. Warner. Okay. 
I, I knew who Mace is, so I'm like, let's go take a photo. No, Henry wanted to take a photo, I think, and then we all took it, but I had to be the guy to talk to Mace, and he was the chillest dude. Didn't even want to take our tip for it. I did buy a Mace Warner shirt that I want to wear for that weekend. Um, anywho, I diverge. I digress. I mean, um, that woman never got up, and next thing you know, you know what happens when we're out there under a mission? She has a friend sit next to her, and, and yeah. that was one thing. I think it was you who was like, I don't know if I really want to get up and lose these seats, or it was Henry or something. But luckily enough, that friend did move, but then that woman never moved. The only time she got the fuck up was during the fight when Nick Gage was bringing um, Joe, uh, Jimmy Lloyd closer to our side of the area, and she got up to take photos and shit. Fuck you. That woman, fuck who you are. It just only teaches me two things. One, I'm a bitch, and I didn't want to do anything, so I, I feel like a bitch for that still. And the other one is, when we're going to these next shows, we got to get there early and reclaim our seats. <laughs> yeah, big time. Especially if, if GCW, like, I love them, but they are just a small-time indie, at the big, even though they're big-time indie in the indie scenes of things, but they're still a small place that, like, if they would have put fucking legit, like, numbers or something, that would have been better. But anyway... Um, Besides that shit, GCW was awesome. Definitely best fucking, the best moments were easily anything that involved Nick Gage. Nick Gage has been someone I've been, who's like been part of the reason why I follow GCW. And being able to fucking see this dude live for the first time ever was crazy. Especially like, I knew to get up and go stand by the entrance area because he kind of like likes to like kind of mosh with his people. They push him around and like he pushes kind of back sometimes to like hype himself up. So I'm like, let's get in there. You guys came with me. And like, that was cool. That was definitely the closest I've ever been to people in the crowd in a long time. And I felt <laughs> a little unsafe, but at the same time, thank God we're vaccinated. Um, and nothing happened out of it. No one got sick from what I know of in terms of that event. But just seeing Nick Gage fucking do shit, seeing a deathmatch gave me a new respect for deathmatches, I will say. Like, I would one day wouldn't mind going to a deathmatch tournament as long as there's some names that I actually know on the card. Because that was some crazy shit. Like, seeing this man, Nick Gage, bring out the legendary pizza cutter and fucking slice up Jimmy Lloyd's forehead. Also, smacking each other, seeing people smack each other with light tubes is crazy. That, like, you know, and part of me thinks, like, has is there any way to get prop light tubes? Which there definitely are ways, but none of those were props. Like, those are legit. Like, I have a piece of the broken light tube here with me because I was like, this is my souvenir for my first time ever go seeing a deathmatch in such a good show. And it's, like, legit a light tube, you know? Like, some of those fumes must not be good to breathe in, you know? <laughs> like, the, the shattered fucking glass and shit, you know? But overall, first time watching a deathmatch in person was one of the best things ever. What do What do you got to say about that? Seeing a deathmatch. Yeah, it, it was really, it was really good. It was entertaining for sure. Uh, and never, yeah, like, this is the first time I seen one in person. And like, I was never really a big deathmatch fan until I saw. I watched Backer Wrestling, but I didn't really watch it too much. Uh, it was honestly the night before. It was was the um, tournament survival. I was watching that, and that was. That was crazy. It was just straight death matches all day long. And it was just like, wow, this, this is pretty crazy. And then seeing that in person, seeing the light bulb, the glass, and like everything was just like, I like I said, I have new respect for them. It's just like, it's quite entertainment too. And just like, it's different. You know, it's not something you, you see every day. It's not something you watch every weekly or anything like that. But when you do get to watch it, it's like a, it's like a guilty pleasure for me now at this point of like, 
I really enjoy watching death matches. And Nick Gage is freaking awesome. Just seeing him, he cared about his fans so much. And it's just like, you know, it's rare to see someone who cares so much about people, his fans and his supporters. And, like, after all he went through his life, you know, it was just crazy to see. Yeah, like uh, Moxley says it best himself, like in the uh, Nick Gage uh, Dark Side of the Ring documentary episode where he's like, Vince McMahon would kill to have someone on his roster with the ounce of like, you know, love or whatever like that Nick Gage has that the fans like have for him. Like they like Vince could wish he could have a guy that the fans gravitate so much like this right now, because like. Nick Gage, the fans fucking love him. And think about it. He's had a fucking hard life. He's been on drugs. He's been arrested and in jail multiple times. Like, But yet the fans still fucking love this dude. And I respect it because he respects his fans too. And like I just sent you um, a thing like at this one wrestling store. Shout out to the wrestling universe. I've been there once. I saw That's where I saw RVD. I think I did that also during the break. May or may not. Yeah, during the break I saw RVD. That was fucking cool. I met him in person. At this store, they're going to have Nick Gage there. I kind of low-key want to go and... I know I've seen Nick Gage already, but I kind of want to go and get his autograph and shake the dude's hand and shit. Like, I have his autograph, but I want to just be like, yeah, like to get a photo of him and shit like that. Uh, amazing, just this dude. And just the whole show, like his match against Jimmy Lloyd was fantastic. And I didn't know a death match could end in a no contest because out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> that was definitely like the wrestling world was talking for quite some time and still is talking and it's still part of the reason why not only just because i think we really like gcw for the first time watching it in person but matt fucking cardona zach Ryder showing up was fucking crazy because so like if people don't know what's been going on and if you if you if you do that's great if you don't zach Ryder, matt cardona he's been doing tna he's on impact and he's also been doing a little bit of the indies here and there um, for some reason, I don't really know how it started, but people, um, I guess on Twitter, it's really started. Nick Gage and Matt Cardona have kind of been beefing a little bit, uh, similar to like John Moxley and, uh, Nick Gage have been beefing a little bit. And John Moxley at one point did show up twice to GCW events. And like, basically like once was to like make it known, like he wants to fight Nick Gage. The second time was like, he literally just tried to jump Nick Gage and all kayfabe, of course. Um. And then, uh, when it comes down to Matt Cardona's beef, it's all on Twitter, and everyone's like, you know, like literally Nick Gage is saying, like, "Come down, I'll beat the shit out of you, pussy." And like, I, I want to say this is kayfabe, but a little bit also makes me think, like, I don't know. And then, so in this death match, we get out of fucking nowhere some—I don't even know the guy's name—some goth-ass character, and he has druids for some reason. So like, druids like uh, what the Undertaker had, and. You got all these guys wearing fucking, like, dark cloaks and, like, fucking, like, masks on their heads. And, like, you can't tell who these people are. But you can tell that one dude is oddly bigger than the rest of them. So I'm like, all right, there got to be something under there. And everyone automatically is thinking, John Moxley, you know? I, I'm If you didn't think it was John Moxley, you're crazy. Especially when the dude does start doing the motions and shit i still can't like i still think about that fucking pop that happened so all the druids are cleared out of the ring by nick gage who's like fighting them off and there's just that one fucking dude and he's fucking going he's doing the fucking moxley motions and then he fucking does the dirty deeds takes the fucking thing off and it's matt cardona the fucking roof exploded that i still think how crazy that was 
I, I part of me was like, part of me expected, I really expected John Mox to be a guy. Now they had that the whole heated rivalry going on. So I, I wanted to I, I told you leading into that. Yeah. I'm like, yo, John Moxley might come. This is part of the reason why. I'm in my head. <laughs> yeah, he basically got in my head. And then, like, I know that I know the Zach Wright thing was going on too. And some people say, like, oh, maybe Zach might come there because New Jersey. I'm like, all right, yeah, it's cool. And then when I saw Moxie, not Moxie, when I saw Ryder or Cardona would do that, the Moxie motion. I was just I got I ran up so quick <laughs> to go towards the front to see what was going on. Uh, we was all up there, and then um, yeah, and that place hated, freaking hated Cordona. Yeah, that was like, the perfect way to get good heel heat. And honestly, I think Matt Cordona, oddly enough, is probably the biggest heel in wrestling right now. At least for me, like <laughs> this is he's embracing this role so good, and it's just like. He's actually interesting right now. <laughs> this is the most interesting since Long Island Ice T days, you know. Yeah, like it's crazy because like even though he's a face on Impact, he's a heel right now, basically on the indie scene. Like I love it on Twitter where he keeps saying like, "Oh, I love all my wrestling fans and the GCW <laughs> universe and shit like that." And he says all these like cringeworthy shit, and he's like really getting heat from like the GCW diehard fans. And, like, I fucking dig it. That was such a great way to do it. And that was, like, a lot of people were saying it. Like, that's probably the biggest pop he's had since, like, money in the, I mean, the ladder match he won the Intercontinental title at Mania, you know? Like, that was huge for him. And, like, the fact that we're going to see him take on Nick Gage for the GCW world title, which it has to, I don't think they've confirmed it as a fucking, like, death match, but it definitely will be. And... The fact that we get the ch- fucking chance to say where we've seen we're gonna see that is fucking awesome. Like Zach Ryder went from this guy that just had fucking had a YouTube channel to get himself over, basically not intending to get himself over, but it got himself over. And then just being that guy that deb- like the fans always enjoyed, but he never got a chance. To now, like, dude, he's just making himself known in the wrestling world. I fucking dig it. I respect it a lot. Yeah, same here. It's just like. I have never, like, I was never, I'm, I was never, honestly, never uh, a big Zack Ryder fan in any of his time periods of being WWE. You're just and I'm like legit. <laughs> You're I'm just hater, hater. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm like a legit like fan of him right now because this is like mad interesting. This is something cool. You don't see WWE wrestlers go to freaking do death matches. You know, it's not it's not a common uh common path. So it's I'm I'm looking forward to this man. I think it's gonna be really 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 good. Yeah, 100%. I'm excited. Besides that, just in general, that homecoming weekend, I'm looking forward to because what we've already experienced, like we got to see Effie, we got to see Alley Catch, like seeing Team Bussy, like seeing all that <laughs> was great. Their match against, like, you know, um, Main Swarner and all that and Mander and shit like that. Like, it was all like really good fucking matches that entire fucking night. So the fact that we're going to get to experience that again, hopefully both for two nights, Henry better get his shit together. I'm really fucking looking forward to just getting the opportunity to do this again. GCW, if you guys haven't watched it already, if you're still listening and you haven't watched GCW before, I highly suggest you fucking check it out because it is definitely worth the fucking watch. And if you're in the New York City area or New Jersey area, fucking get down to homecoming. Like, you're going to have a great opportunity to watch wrestling live for the cheap and get yourself experience with something either you know or have never seen before. So it's definitely fucking worth the watch. And uh, I think, yeah, I think that's uh, all I else have. All things I have to say. Oh, wait a second! Before we close out the show, 
next week's episode. You know, we're we're gonna find some things to talk about. I don't know what else we're gonna talk about besides wrestling, but like I do have an idea of a new segment where we're gonna basically I bought the WWE encyclopedia a couple weeks ago. And it's pretty cool. There's a lot of fucking shit in here. A lot a lot of wrestlers in here. Chris Benoit does actually have a page in here, which surprised the fuck out of me. Okay. Not a full page, but he's on here, which was crazy to me. Maybe I got a secret like copy or something. I don't know. But I figure there's, there's 416 pages here. I want to go on a number like uh, on a wheel. I'm going to pick a random number, and then we're, if there's multiple wrestlers on there, we'll pick a random wrestler off the page. But then from there, on the next episode, Quade and I will have done our research on this wrestler, male or female, whoever it is. And like we're just going to talk about them, talk about some good matches that they have, talk about some interesting things we've learned, some fun facts. I think it could be just interesting conversation and try and get into this. So let's get in. Uh, where the hell is my wheel? Where's my numbers? Uh, did I fucking get rid of it? Oh, I suck. I think I got rid of it. Uh, I gotta pull it out again. Okay. Uh, number. Uh, pick a number between. There you go. Alright, Quad A. So, our number will be 81. So, who the fuck is on page 81? Okay, some of these pages don't count because there's various things on here. Okay, so this is D. All right, the options we have here is Davari, not the one that just got released, <laughs> but the original Davari, Dakota Kai, Dana Brooke, Damian Sandow, Damian Priest, Dan Miller, and Damian Demento. These are two people I don't know, and I kind of don't want to do an episode on those. Um, <laughs> so we're going to only pick the ones I care about Davari, Dakota Kai, Damian Sandow, Dana Brooke. And Damian Priest, so one, two, three, four, five. All right, so number one through five. Let's see what we get here. Hope it's Priest. Oh, let's go, and we're getting – wow, that's, that goes all over the place. Um, when do you stop? Oh, I can press stop. One, two, three, four. We're going to do an episode – well, we're going to do a segment talking about Dana Brooke. <laughs> Oh gosh, that was that's like my worst night. The worst. <laughs> the worst night, gets there. <laughs> hey, I like Dana Brooke. I think she's it. improved a lot. So yes. just general, so people know, Dana Brooke on the WWE Encyclopedia newest edition is labeled as five three from Cleveland, Ohio, and her signature move is a Samoan driver. What? Okay, I never knew other wrestlers that aren't Samoan have <laughs> Samoan moves as their main move. Uh, I guess that's what her move is. I guess we'll know a lot more about her in next week's segment. So we're probably going to talk about her for 30 minutes or so. So, Quade, make sure you get enough shit that you could talk about Dana Brooke for. So maybe get some matches you could think of. Uh, <laughs> just some fun facts about Dana. Anything you could pull on Dana that you think is interesting. Imagine we're doing, like, a case file, and we got to figure out what the hell is going on with Dana Brooke. We got to figure out where she's gone missing. We're figuring out all the info that we can that's interesting enough to talk about Dana Brooke. That's going to be something. <laughs> Let's I'm make sure best. it's the best thing we could do. <laughs> you know, maybe we'll, maybe it's something we could put on YouTube and maybe Dana Brooke might like her. Uh, we, we have gotten the attention of one wrestler before. I will say that. Actually, two. Yeah. I lie. Two. Um, on Twitter, if we're still followed by him, we are followed by ECW original Justin Credible. 
Oh wow, that's interesting. That's, that's, yeah. that's a big one. <laughs> yeah, that was so yeah. random. Just one day I saw that Justin Credible was following us on Twitter. But then the other notable, which I guess you would count as more notable, um, no offense to you, my guy, but um, Cody Rhodes left a like on one of our Instagrams that um, I reposted because hey. the TNT like Instagram for AEW has like done some drawings before, so they did a combination of like the NBA, and it was Chris Paul mixed with Cody Rhodes, and I posted that photo, and I tagged Cody, and he left a like on it, so... We've gotten wrestling attention before. I want to try and get some more wrestling attention. I'm a big Cody fan. So, Cody, if you're watching this podcast right now, I love you. Become AEW World Champion. Those, those to the haters, you got this. You could take the hit. You're hate. a Cody fan? Uh, Since when have you been a Cody fan? I always love Cody. is the best wrestler in AEW. Uh, that's a, I'm a, I ain't going that far, but he's definitely <laughs> the most interesting person that I like from AEW. I definitely say I... Uh, all the people that hate on Cody do piss me off because I think Cody's doing a great job and people are always like, oh, he's burying young talent. That's a fucking lie. <laughs> he put so many <laughs> no. people over. But yeah. anywho, I think that's our show. As always, you can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok too because I'm posting on there, at project underscore kayfabe. You could find me at jobro316. That's my wrestling Twitter. And what about yourself, Quad A? You can find me at Boy His Tech on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, anywhere, any social media. That's my name. So check it out. Awesome. And Twitch. Boys and girls and everything else and everyone, just please check us out. Share us. Let us know what you want. You know, we're trying to actually do some shit on this podcast. We're going to try and be big. We want to one day release some cool merch that isn't Project Cafe merch, just real merch, you know, some cool shit. So. Hope you guys like it. Wow, this outro sounds weird to me. Maybe I'll edit this, but I don't know. Check it out. Peace out, people.